0: I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. (laughs) So, I'm going to break our magic for a moment. And Sam and I record a month ahead. Oh my motherfucking god. I'm so, so sorry. Everybody that thought we did this and then released it in the same instant, we don't. But that means that right now, Sam is visiting me. Oh my god, we're actually face-to-face. This is our first episode face-to-face. It's dope. So how are you enjoying Oregon? I freaking adore it. I held squid babies (laughs) today. Nah. the egg part of the baby is not the actual but they babies. are going to be babies maybe if they make it you don't know well we tossed them back into the sea so <laughs> i hope so unless they are supposed to hatch on the beach or something i don't think so no i don't think okay so cool i think we saved them <laughs> ah, instead maybe. of drown them maybe we'll see okay <laughs> but we have discovered something Sam has a problem. <laughs> we, we are just now discovering. No, we've always known this. But don't take her shopping whenever she's visiting you, because uh, she has to leave a lot of space in her suitcase to take back what she gets. Yeah. <laughs> I got too many books, and one of the books is called 3001... Would you rather questions. (laughs) It sounds so fun. Do you want to do one? Yes. Okay, let me. I'm just going to open it to a random page. Please do. Would you rather have your backyard infested by crows or by squirrels? Squirrels? I knew that was going to be it. Is that even actually a question? And mine's actually crows. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you no, Give me those squirrels. Oh, my turn. Let's see. Uh, Would you rather win an Emmy or an Oscar? I don't know the difference. I don't know the difference between those either. None? That's terrible. Live on a one-level home or a multi-level? I already know this for you. Well, I live in a one-level home right now. Yeah, but you want multi I want multi-levels, but... When I bought my house, I specifically bought a one level house because Val has a knack for falling downstairs, And so I wanted to make sure that at least while she's a child, she would not fall down any more stairs. Yeah. I don't care. I just want a small home. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not picking good ones, am I? Have to get a new goldfish every day or one goldfish that lives forever? One goldfish that lives forever. These are awful. I know. Turn (laughs) on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Going to the end of the book. (laughs) Would you rather live in France or Italy? Well, I already lived in Italy, so I'm going with France. I would probably pick Italy. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, Italy is way prettier <laughs> than France. No offense to the French. Actually, if you go to France, I think it was France. I might be wrong. But there's a part I think that borders Italy with the Mediterranean. And that is gorgeous. Uh, would you rather have a missing front tooth? Or let your dad go out partying with your friends. That one is kind of difficult. I don't know, Sam. Would you like to go party with my dad? Because you're my only friend. (laughs) I mean, I'd rather do that than have a missing front tooth. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One more? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna go to the very front of the book now. Be better than goldfish. Would you rather live in a mansion in Antarctica or a shack in a wooded glen? Wooded glen? Yeah. Antarctica is a little too cold. I loved being cold but probably not that cold. Well. That was kind of a bummer. I know. I was, like, hoping for some, like, (laughs) raunchy ones. ones. Yeah. I guess, you know, it'd have to say, like, X-rated or something. Okay, just one more. Oh, Would Would you rather have your tears be acidic or sweat maple syrup? Oh, God. I'd rather sweat maple syrup because to your tears being acidic means it's gonna burn your face. Yes, but... I don't cry very often Me neither. And if actually. I did I just bend over the sink or something and just let it come out. That's because... true because I sweat constantly. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be at the gym on the treadmill just covered in maple Goo. syrup. Ew. Oh god that sounds awful. So we got some stuff to talk about today. I'm excited.
1: Okay. This is a
0: big one. It is, but you don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just know that it's a big one and I can't wait to hear what (laughs) it is. And I've been tormenting you with it all week. Yes. Okay, so there's a bit of a story that comes along with this one. I have a cousin that lives in Arkansas. We aren't like super close because we grew up in different states. Mm -hmm. And we'd only see each other at grandma's house. But I was thinking about her the other day because she was about to go into labor. Like, I knew that she was due sometime this month, right? Or early July. But anyway, so I'm thinking, I'm going through my list. My list of episode ideas. And I see this one. And I'm like, that's in Arkansas. I should do that in honor of her and the future kiddo. And so then I pick it. And I planned on texting them the next day and being like, hey, you guys got any stories and then instead, I woke up to a text from my mom saying, your cousin's in labor. I'm like, holy shit, did I like Ooh. predict that? And so then I text her about it after she had the kid and, you know, things we'll were crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she told me that her husband actually predicted the date that the kid was going to come out. And I'm like, were we on the same wavelength? This is insane. (laughs) It was so weird. But yeah, so she had her baby and they're doing good and I will get to see it in November. That is very exciting. I am pretty pumped. And now I'm really excited to know what this story is. It's awesome. So in Arkansas, there is a place called the Crescent Hotel. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever heard of the Crescent Hotel? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> I figured you have. That's why I wasn't telling you all week. <laughs> so the Crescent Hotel, also known as the Grand Old Lady of the Ozarks, is in a town called Eureka Springs. Yeah. Eureka <laughs> Chris... <laughs> <laughs> You just sounded like Blue from Blue's Clues. I fucking love Blue's Clues. Eureka Springs itself has a pretty cool history. It's located in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas. In the 1850s, there was this doctor dude named Alva Jackson that decided the waters from the 60 plus springs in the area contained healing waters. He claimed they helped to heal his son's eye injury. Then, when the Civil War started, he was helping to heal soldiers from both sides with the springs. Then, after the war, he heard there was a judge named L.B. Saunders, who had a pretty gruesome leg sore. He was having trouble healing it, so Alva invited him to come use the healing powers of the springs. If it actually healed it, I will be mega impressed. Two months after he arrived, the sore was fully healed. What is this? Spring made out of Neosporin? (laughs) Well, actually, I kind of (laughs) think so. I don't know if it's actually connected to the Lake of the Ozarks, but it is the Ozark area. Mm -hmm. But I just remember living in Missouri and Every summer you would hear about an E. coli outbreak in the Ozarks. And I'm like, this doesn't match. I really hope they're not connected because those waters ain't healing anything now. (laughs) He was snorting antibiotics on the side. (laughs) Well, so the judge is all amazed that his leg gets healed. And he starts telling everyone about the awesomeness of the springs. And people really start to flood in. By 1879, they decided to name the settlement Eureka Springs. Makes sense. Yeah. In 1884, there was a committee called the Eureka Springs Improvement Company that got together with Frisco Railroad and decided they needed to make an amazing resort to accommodate all the people coming to be healed by the springs. Kind of reminds me of the... Stanley Hotel? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it because is a Stanley Hotel. miraculously ride. got healed in an area. Yeah. It was that, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the tuberculosis. Ta- yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember the, my own shit that I looked up. <laughs> For the main structure of the building, they used 18-inch bricks of magnesium limestone they got from a quarry nearby. Now, we talked about it with Stanley... Oddly enough. But limestone is a really good conductor for the mysterious shit. So maybe that has something to do with what's going to go on. They had to construct special wagons that could haul the huge chunks up the mountainside. And then when they would arrive, they had a special group of Irish stonemasons they had specifically brought in to oversee the construction. By May 20th, 1886, the five-story fire and weatherproof Crescent Hotel was opening their doors to welcome all the visitors. Fire and weatherproof. Wow. Yeah. Because of the limestone. They think that it's indestructible. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as indestructible as I think. I don't think so, huh? (laughs) Uh, But the building is still standing and very well operated. But we'll get to that. (laughs) So business was booming for a while, but started to slow down in the winters at the beginning of the 20th century. So it was decided to let the Crescent College for Young Women take place in part of the building for a few months each year. It was a huge success. Many women went on to do some amazing things, but they decided to close the college in 1934. That doesn't make sense. Why? If it's a huge success... Well, it went... So this was like the beginning of the 20th century, so like 1902 they started. So that's like 32 years. Hmm. It didn't necessarily say that it was a huge success the entire time, uh, <laughs> but there were many successful women that came out of it. So three years later, in 1937, a horrible con man by the name of Norman Baker bought the Crescent Hotel. I'm not going to get too far into this guy because he is incredibly fascinating and horrible and so naturally I'm going to make a sort of like part two to this episode that will be all about him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically this guy went from high school dropout to magician to inventor to radio host to millionaire to cancer curing unlicensed doctor. What a to, inmate, to... <laughs> to inmate? To to inmate. Wow. That's a promotion. (laughs) Uh, Then ultimately retired in Florida. Because that's where every evil person goes. Yep. (laughs) When Norman bought the Crescent, he named it the Baker Hospital. He put in a morgue and had people come from all over to get his miracle cure for cancer. He would inject people, usually around seven times a day, with a serum he had made out of watermelon seed, brown corn silk, alcohol, and carbolic acid. Okay, but why? Like, what made him be like, this is the cure to cancer? He... I don't want to get into it, but he actually stole this recipe from some other con man. Oh, okay. But, uh... Yeah. It didn't work. No. (laughs) Clearly. Reports say that about 40 people actually died in the hotel from his miracle cure. But that doesn't include like every person going home and dying from the cure. <laughs> so like I said, he, we will get into all of that and it's going to be so fascinating. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but he only had the hotel for two years before he was arrested The hotel sat empty for a few years, and in 1946, Herbert A. Byfield, John R. Constantine, Dwight O. Nicholas, and Herbert E. Shutter bought the place and renovated it. I don't know why their middle initials had to be in there. (laughs) Because they're fancy pants. I guess. They worked out a package deal with the Frisco Railroad to help get people to the hotel for a discounted rate. They ran it pretty successfully for a few decades. Then in March 1967, there was a massive fire that started on the fifth floor. Uh, you lied. Well, not fireproof. But the outside didn't burn, just the inside. So, I mean, part of it was Yeah, fireproof. I mean, I guess. <laughs> According to an article in the Northwest. Arkansas Times, the fire and water damage was about 75% of the hotel. Wow. That's quite a bit. The fire and water damaged about 75% of the hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Damaged, not was damaged. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I see. I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Two men helping out were injured, but not seriously. Luckily, this was during their off-season, so there weren't any guests. The owners were actually coming the next week to start preparations for the summer opening. Do you know what caused it? Uh, they say it was electrical. Oh, okay. Yeah. A few years later, the property was sold to Resort Enterprises, Inc., who then a few years later sold it to Crescent Heights Development. Over the next couple of decades, it would switch hands a few more times, Everyone doing their part to renovate parts of it. And in the 70s is when the first reports of paranormal activity actually began. Mm-hmm. But that's not the coolest part of the 70s at the hotel. What? 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 In 1973, there was an orange tabby cat. <laughs> he decided to just walk in and live there. Oh. <laughs> Uh, He walked in and never left, stayed there the rest of his life. They named him Morris, and Nick name him the general manager. That's funny that you say Morris, because I was like, what, did Jim Morrison stay there? (laughs) (laughs) He had a special door with carpet-lined stairs he would use to get in and out of the hotel. They took care of him for 21 years. Wow. Yeah, when he eventually passed on. They had a service for him that 300 people attended. I wish I would have been one. (laughs) They have a little headstone for him in the East Lawn and a picture with a poem about him in the lobby. Oh my god, that is so freaking cute. (laughs) Since then, they've kind of had unofficial hotel cats. I think currently there's a black and white one there that I saw in one of the videos I'm going to talk about, but I'm not positive he's a resident. Oh. He might have just been hanging out. <laughs> in 1997, the current owners took over. Marty and Elise Ronick. Ronick. The place was in very bad shape when they got it, but they made a 10-year plan for its restoration. Marty nicknamed the plan Economic Stability. In case you were wondering. That's not a nickname. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I guess more that's how he referenced it, maybe. Gotcha. They ran everything under a hotel creed with four tenants. Number one, create lifetime memories. Aww. Number two, build the individual. Number three. Protect that you're irreplaceable, and four, be community minded. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I think all businesses should take that motto seriously. With this creed in mind, they got the fifth floor operational again. Even added a fancy bar up there. Mm. The servants' quarters, a separate building outside that no one had used for seventy-five years. Wow. Got an upgrade to a four-room upscale annex suite. Nice. Yeah, fancy. They actually had help from the University of Arkansas, the interior design students. They had each one come up with a design. They picked their favorite and pulled them into the project. That is super awesome. I thought that was super nice. (laughs) it was super nice you're not wrong then in 2008 they had four two-bedroom suites built they called the treetop cottages i heard that and i instantly thought that maybe it was like tree houses that's what i thought it's not oh they are basically two rustic looking cottages split in two to make four suites okay so they really brought this place back from the dead with a lot of hard work and millions of dollars. I'm sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, Marty was killed in a car accident in 2009. Oh! But Elise still runs the place by the creed they came up with. Oh my yeah. gosh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> so let's get to some spooky bits. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. This hotel has been dubbed the most haunted hotel in America, possibly the world, but every single website in existence says it. (laughs) I feel like that is a common theme for every haunted place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But does this one live up? It had a lot of stuff. Sweet. A lot. So, you know, pretty much when... I saw this one, and I started looking it up. I was like, you know what? Just before I really get into it, I'm going to go, <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can find any personal experiences. Yes. Before I get into the history, because I always start with the history, and then I get to the personal experiences, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know, it's so frustrating. Yeah, so, this one has a lot. Yes, I'm down for it. Okay, so... While renovating, they kept hearing from the staff all the ghost stories of the place, and was told that previous owners had told them to keep the stories to themselves to not scare any potential guests away. However, Marty and Elise, I think that's how you say her name. E-L-I-S-E. Elise. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's how I would guess. They were intrigued, and said that if the hotel had a story to tell, they wanted to tell it. They hired two mediums, ken fugate and carol heath to read the building and for a little bit they even gave tours to guests like Mm -hmm. on special weekends and stuff they claimed to have discovered a portal to the other side one floor up from the old morgue later when another guy had taken over the ghost tours he reported that guests were getting sick and fainting When he described the area, he was shocked to find out that it is exactly where they said the portal was. Oh, shit. (laughs) The fainting doesn't happen all the time, but they say it can go a few months of people just constantly getting sick in that spot. And then suddenly everyone is fine. Maybe. Maybe it moves. Maybe. I was thinking that maybe they have some gas leak when the furnace is on or something. I was thinking that or EMF. Yeah. But it's funner to think that a portal might move. Exactly. But supposedly the area was used as a pain room for Norman's cam- cancer victims. He would take them there when they were in severe pain before dying. Oh. And then once they died, he'd wheel them downstairs wow. to the morgue. So, that is super creepy in there. But let's talk about the main haunts the guests are told about. First, the most popular we have is Michael. Michael? Supposedly, Michael was one of the Irish stonemasons. He was about 17, working on or near the roof when he tried to get the attention of a woman walking by <laughs> and lost his balance. Oh. Okay, you gotta be a little more smooth. <laughs> yep. He fell all the way to the second floor and died on a crossbeam for the ceiling of a room number 218. Ouch! In the room, there are reports of hands emerging from the mirror in the bathroom, bangs coming from the walls, the door opens and slams shut, Lights and TVs turn on and off, and the spookiest, a scream coming from above that sounds like a guy falling towards you. Also, I just got chilled so bad. <laughs> yeah, that would be so freaking creepy. That's so horrible. Michael likes women, but he doesn't like men. He's mm-hmm. not aggressive towards them, but everyone just keeps saying he doesn't like men. Well... He's probably just like, you know, you're not my bag of tea, so. I guess. I like, I like. I just them. don't know what he does to make them think that he doesn't probably like he Probably just doesn't do anything to them, but women are like, ah, he won't stop he touching can me. He touched my shoulder. <laughs> just down the hall, we have the old office of Dr. John Fremont Ellis. He was the resident doctor for the late 19th century. His office has now been turned into room 212. You can find Dr. Ellis walking from the elevator to his room. Also, he has a distinct smell. (laughs) Like, bad? He used to smoke a pipe. Oh. And favored apple-flavored tobacco. Hmm. So if you smell that, that means he's around. Okay. I love the smell of pipe smoke. My grandpa used to smoke a pipe all the time mine still does no i don't think mine does anymore because his health is not very good yeah mine still does every now and then like it's not like a all the time not thing. in his mouth at all times just right. when he's in his shop or outdoors but anyway then we have theodora she is often found fumbling for her keys in front of room 419. For her keys? Yep. So she's a more modern day ghostie. She has a mixture of a background story. Some say that she was a nurse during the cancer hospital days. Others say she was a patient. Some people like to mix the story and say she was a nurse until she ended up getting cancer and then became a patient. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They blended that. Yeah they did. So she can be found staring at you while you sleep. That's creepy. Repacking your bag, That's moving nice. stuff towards the door. Uh she also might be a nurse seen pushing a gurney down a hall in that pain wing. Pain wing. Yes. Like like, how Benedict Cumberbatch says penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Pain think... wing. I don't think I've ever heard him say penguin. <laughs> oh, there's a whole video about really? <laughs> it. Because he did a documentary, like, he was the narrator for a nature documentary, and he said penguin wrong and different, like, almost every time. Well... It's a hard word. Is it? Is it (laughs) though? Next up is four-year-old Brecky. Brecky? Apparently this kid was on vacation with his parents when he ended up dying from complications associated with appendicitis. Oh my god. Mostly all the reports for this one is that the kid bounces a ball down the hall. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, adults like bouncing balls, too. True. I I mean, I am considered an adult and I bounce balls constantly. <laughs> Norman Baker's ghost is also reported to be seen in the morgue and the rec room. Uh, you know it's him because of the purple undershirt. Ooh. That was his thing. Whether it be summer when he wore a white suit or winter when he wore a black pinstripe suit. He always had a lavender undershirt. Wow. They also say that he painted every room in the hotel purple. Purple's one of my favorites. (laughs) He really liked it. In the early 20th century, there was a super well-known ballroom dancer couple named Irene and Vernon Castle there's actually like a movie about them and everything really yeah after vernon died in 1959 irene moved to eureka springs to be closer to her son she bought a house near the hotel and went to all the social events that were held at the hotel she died 10 years later and is thought to still hang out in the hotel Mm -hmm. there was a lady giving her daughter a bath one night when her daughter suddenly started having a conversation with nothing but was making comments about dancing, like tango, ballroom, Aww. ballet, those sort of things. The hotel tour guide says that if people dance to ballroom music in the crystal dining room, Irene and possibly Vernon will show up. Oh, that's so sweet. They show up together. <laughs> yeah. I think, I didn't put it down. Them, Doctor John Fremont Ellis, and Norman Baker are the only ones that I have confirmation that they were real human beings. Aww, <laughs> no one else on this list I could find death certificates or anything for. So, or even even articles like Michael fell from the ceiling. None of that shit. Right. So, uh, But then we have a lonely looking guy named Jacob. He sits in the dining room. They say that he fell in love and shows up to wait for his love to show up at breakfast. In 2021, they had a paranormal weekend and set up a laser grid in the dining room. They noticed some of the dots were missing or... Like, kind of distorted. I love this. (laughs) So they took a picture, and there is a pretty convincing apparition in the image. Maybe it's the lonely guy. Are you going to post that? Hell yeah. Okay. Because I so want to see it. I mean, it's not like it's a person. It's like it's a person's shadow, almost. But standing away from a wall. Right. So So it's blocking or distorting those little pinpoints. I love the laser grid. Yeah. You can, like, see an arm, like, hanging off his side. Like, he has it, like, crossed over his stomach or something, but, like, there. I cannot wait. Then, there, this one kind of bothers me. There's a lady in white. Uh, There's always a lady in white. (laughs) Shrouded in mist. Mm, That's pretty common, too that jumps from a balcony also common why between ten thirty and 11 at night <laughs> that's specific it is said that she might have been a student at the college okay. there were rumors of a girl getting pregnant and kind of like disappearing some witnesses okay wait pause but jumping off The roof is not disappearing. That is... Some witnesses (laughs) have said that they, when she jumps, they see what appears to be a guy standing in the window sometimes. So, like, they make it sound like she was pushed and disappeared. Uh. So, like, what? He pushed her, then decided he was gonna go get her, and then, I mean, I don't know. The tour guide was in one of the videos, and he tried to make it sound all creepy and stuff. I just really feel like there would be some proof. Yeah, I don't think someone who jumps off the roof disappears. Not even the roof, just a balcony. Off a balcony, even. <laughs> um, or does she jump off of it and then go sprinting off into the night? He did say that one night, a cop was driving by and witnessed the girl falling from his cop car in the street and came, like, up to the building and was like, what the hell just happened? And they were like, oh no, that's just a ghost. <laughs> But supposedly, like, he even called it in and stuff. Mm. But I could not find anything about that either. Mm. So, I mean, obviously, it would be embarrassing, so they'd want to hide it. But (laughs) it'd be (laughs) embarrassing. (laughs) Our cop totally saw a ghost. (laughs) There's a dark figure in the morgue that you can never look directly at. Uh Uh-oh. You can also be touched in the morgue. So Maybe Michael follows you down there. (laughs) I don't want to be touched in the morgue. (laughs) It does not sound pleasurable. No, it doesn't. Lastly, remember the cat Morris? Mm Mm-hmm. Even his ghost hangs around and you can hear phantom meows and whatnot. I mean, that I believe because it was, what, 21 years you said they took care of him? Mm Mm-hmm. I can believe that, but also, if you're seeing other cats hanging around, it yeah. could be them, too. Yeah, it could. So, obviously, there has to be a ton of paranormal research that happens there. Yes. And tons of evidence. Yes. Well, around 17 different paranormal shows have filmed there. hmm I can think of some. Like ghost hunters and ghost adventures <laughs> are included. Yep. <laughs> There are also so many YouTube videos about the place and gobs of pictures out there. Mm-hmm. Granted, a lot of the images are orbs, and um, we all know how Sam and I feel about the orbs. No orbs, please. <laughs> Nick, Xnay on the orb base, whatever. <laughs> whatever orb base. I think. I think it'd be. Rub, but I don't freaking know. Rubboys. boys. Rub boys. <laughs> <laughs> I did not watch all of the television shows. Mm. I didn't have time. Mm. I had to prep for your visit. <laughs> but I did watch the most important one. The one that got them on the map for Paranormal Investigators. Ghost Hunters. <laughs> oh, was it them? <laughs> yeah. It oh. Was, um, I had already seen it. I've seen I've it. already seen it this year. <laughs> uh, so this was my like second and third time because I watched it two more times. So in season two, episode 13, when they were still investigating two places in a 40 minute episode, they went to the Crescent Hotel and the house that was owned by Dr. Ellis that was nearby. Now, I'm not going to talk about the Dr. Ellis's house because we're here for the hotel, but I would like to point out that the guy that owns the house is Carol Heath. One of the mediums that were hired. Oh! And weird stuff does happen with him and Jason there. That is interesting. Yeah. So watch the episode if you want to know more about that. However, when they get to the hotel, Ken Fugate, the other medium, is introduced as Eureka Springs Historian. Interesting. I know, not sure if that was like his official job title or if they just said that because it sounds better I than to our resident this. medium. <laughs> I need to rewatch it because it's been a second. It's literally been a couple months for me, so <laughs> <laughs> He gives them a tour and talks about Jacob, Doctor Ellis, Theodora's room, but they don't mention her. They don't say her name? Mm mm. Then they go down to the morgue and he shows them the autopsy table, which not to bring down the spooky vibes, but it looks like an industrial-style sink they put in restaurant kitchens, not an autopsy table. It has a full-ass sink, and the autopsy tables I've seen just have a drain. And they aren't attached to the wall because you need to be able to walk around them. Yeah, I'm that doesn't okay. You a sink and a table are two different things. Where do you lay the body if there's just a sink? Well, it's a table that has a sink. So like in kitchens, what they do because I worked in a kitchen for a little oh, bit, so okay. they have like this giant table where you put all your dirty dishes and I stuff, see. and then there's a sink right next to it yes. You spray them all off. You okay. Run them through the dishwasher. They just don't have the dishwasher part. I was just envisioning a giant metal sink and I was like, where do you lay a body? It is a giant table with a giant sink, not an autopsy table. Autopsy tables need to be like mobile, like in the middle of the room. You have to get all the way around the body. This Mm -hmm. is up against the wall. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an autopsy table. Okay. But anyway, so then he also shows them a room they use for storage, at the time of filming, that was said to have body parts that Norman would study and store in large jars with formaldehyde. Mmm, hot. Ken says the vibes in the room feel very hostile and asks if they could figure out why. When they start the investigation, Steve and Tango get some high EMF readings in a room where the dying patients were taken, but they debunk it pretty fast because there's a hot tub in the room. Then... The most famous finding, Jason and Grant get an insane thermal shot. When scanning the room, I didn't put what room, but it's the room with the supposed body parts that were stored and studied. When scanning the room, they point the fleer at a locker in the corner. The white painted two on the locker is glowing super hot but even weirder is a super clear figure that was that looks like it's wearing a hat. I remember this. Yeah, it's hard to forget. Yeah. <laughs> it's super rigid looking and moves its head just a little bit. They go back down to try to debunk it. They're looking to see if their reflections show up, but they can't get a reflection to show no matter what angle they try. Interesting. Even weirder still, the two is barely visible now, and only after Grant puts his hand on it does it glow. So, now I've seen the episode at least five times now, (laughs) (laughs) and each time I get hung up on the thermal image, I feel like it could be Grant- The more I look at it, the more I notice things like the hat could be the way he wears his hair, especially his bangs. Yes. It looks like it is also wearing a button up shirt, just like Grant was wearing. Its arm is bent like it's holding something and Grant was holding the monitor for the flare. Also, if you look super close, there's a spot in front of the figure that looks like it could be Jason's back so it's just a super tricky catch and the fact that they couldn't get a reflection to show up again is a little weird then again maybe they aren't as honest as we take them to be and blasphemy they, <laughs> and they didn't actually go down there to try to debunk it but just to make it seem like they did blasphemous amy me. <laughs> you know you gotta put all of it out there. you do but it's still blasphemy But, I'm going to have to rewatch that now. Yeah. The hot number two is super weird. Yeah. There's just nothing I could think of that would make just that two glow so hot. Okay, so I don't, I obviously do not remember exactly, like, how hot it is. But I just imagine, if we're going to go with the theory (laughs) that they are dishonest, which I refuse... (laughs) However, you could run your finger along the two. But it, it is hot. Like, it's glowing, like, top top level of the yeah, That's weird. Heat. Maybe they took a lighter to it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's exactly the two. It's no, like, smudges outside of and it. And you would think if they did that, that's just a really random thing. And it's white. So white reflects heat. White doesn't absorb heat. Right. If it was black... Or, like, a shiny metal, I could see, like, it reflecting the heat or absorbing the heat and Mm -hmm. reflecting that. But it's white. Interesting. I don't know. But then there is just one more weird thing that happens. They don't get it on camera, though. When Dustin tried to get into Theodora's room, which wasn't called Theodora's room, the door was hard to open. And when he finally gets in, he finds an equipment bag has been propped up against the inside of the door. It seems pretty hard to move a big bag to lean against the mm-hmm. door as you're leaving a room. But it wouldn't be impossible. No. But, so... That was a little weird. And it goes along with things that they say about Theodora, mm-hmm. even though they weren't even talking about Theodora yet. Yeah, that they that she moves the stuff yeah. towards the door. Like she wants or to out. take you out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so... Then I watched a video that popped up on YouTube. It's called Our Unexplainable Night at the Crescent Hotel by Sam and Colby and features TikTokers, Call Me Chris, and Selena Spooky Boo. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I didn't know she did anything like that. Uh, she self identifies as an empath and thinks that, or says that she is. Almost like a medium, I guess. But, like, more absorbent for Her name things. makes so much more sense now. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess there's a video she talked about where she, like, went into a trance. I think it was with these guys. She had done another video with them. And she, like, went into a trance to try to, like, contact something. And, like, they were having a hard time getting through to her or something. I don't know. I didn't watch it. That is so interesting. I've only ever seen her funny videos. Yeah. Uh, She was the first person, like, my sister showed me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Her sleepwalking videos. Yes. That's (laughs) the first video I saw of her. And then uh, all of her dad jokes, which now I I just reference her. If I talk about her to Matt, I'm like, you know, the dad joke girl. (laughs) I love her. Yeah. She's hilarious. So, this was an hour-long video about their experiences in the hotel. I would like to point out that three minutes in, they were already getting facts wrong. They said that Morris was in the hotel around the opening of the hotel, Mm -hmm. uh, when really it was almost 100 years later. Wow. Anyhow, that was the only thing that I really noticed was super wrong. Right. (laughs) So I'm just going to talk about a few things about this video because I still want to tell you some of the eyewitness accounts that I read on hauntedplaces.org. yeah. (laughs) So quick funny thing that happened with Selena. Before they even started the tours or anything, she pulled a bottle of holy water out from between her boobs. (laughs) (laughs) That cracked me up. Oh, yeah. That reminds me, before we go further... In 2019, landscapers were doing some excavating to put an archery area in the back. Oh, wow, they're getting fancy. Yeah, they, dude, they have like the axe throwing stuff now. Wow. They got all, all sorts of stuff. But anyway, uh, they unearthed around 400 glass bottles. Interesting. These bottles dated back to Norman Baker days. A lot of them were filled with just alcohol, but about 20 of them had some organic matter in them. What do you mean, organic (laughs) matter? It's believed these jars were the ones Norman displayed for guests and might have even displayed them in the room the ghost hunters were told had the body parts in. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, After Norman was arrested, the next owners found the bottles and said they took them to a dump. Guess the dump was their backyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Super awesome. Anywho, so back to the video. They were taking a ghost tour and were escorted to the back where they have now enclosed the dig site in like a glass box. Interesting. And left a few of the bottles how they were found. Very spooky looking. Even got a light on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. After the first part of their tour, they were coming down the stairs to go outside and start their investigation. Selena has a moment where she swears someone is coming down the stairs directly behind her, but then there isn't anyone there. Do you hear footsteps? I did not. Okay. But she did. Okay. And then they say that her heart was beating really fast after that. When they get outside, they notice Michael's room, the one that Selena and Chris are staying in, has a lamp on by the window. They swear they didn't turn it on, and while they're looking at it, or not looking at it, while they're turned around talking about it, Chris is still staring at the room, and she starts to freak out because... She sees a guy standing in their room. She then comes to tears. Oh my god. Yeah. But of course when the camera turns around there's nothing there. But she says he was there for just a moment. They go back in the room later and she points to like where exactly he would have been in the room. And it's a little spooky. And Mm -hmm. she's really freaked out. Also when they go back to the room they have her go in By herself at first. Oh, before they do that, she's putting the key in the door and she like barely has her hand on it and it starts to move in the opposite direction. Weird. It doesn't, they don't actually show that the camera was pointed at her, but it was like the key was right out of view. Right. And, but you do hear the key like move a little. Weird. So then after she calms down from that, they send mm-hmm. her in the room by herself. And she's kind of walking around. She has a camera with her. And she's just talking to the camera, blogging about what's in the room and everything. And while the others are listening, they swear that they hear two voices in the room. Hmm. But they don't get it on the camera. Hmm. So, they leave a camera rummi- <laughs> running in the room for good measure, and I, they don't really get anything. They just keep flashing back to it and say, like, loud bang, um, door opening. There was a moment where it said something in the bathroom. Um, Did you hear any of it? I didn't have it loud enough. Oh, okay. I wasn't listening with my headphones at that moment, so I couldn't hear anything, but one weird thing that did happen when they did come back to the room. She walked through the room again and found that a towel in the bathroom had moved. So it was, you can see it in the video when she's walking around with the camera in front of her. like talking about this is um, blah 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 me Mm -hmm. in the room and blah i'm walking around when she turns to walk out of the bathroom she has the camera in front of her but you see behind her and the there is not a towel in the corner of the bathtub but then when they come back later it shows her walking into the bathroom and finding a towel on the corner of the bathtub. And That's, she freaks out about that. That is weird. It is weird. But I mean... Somebody I could have moved it. I don't know for sure that no one moved it or anything. So Right. And who like specifically pays attention to that? I know She's, when I look at a room, <laughs> I do not remember where things are. Well, she said that while she was going through the apartment, she was trying to take mental notes of where odd... Things were so, like, there's a bar of soap on the counter, there's a towel hanging over hmm. the bathtub, the bed is made, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then that is just one thing that she super remembered. Hmm. So, anyway, while they have the camera in this room, while they're out doing more stuff, they have cat balls, they have a rim pod, they go to the dining room, dead cat balls. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I love them. Uh, I didn't trust them. You know, they kept lighting up when no one was around them. But it was also on a wood floor. And, you know, sometimes you step in one spot on a wood floor. It shakes the whole damn house. So I didn't trust them. They were pretty fun, though. Honey would love them. I I love them. I was like, oh, my God, this is genius. But now you just. Ruined it for me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, after they play with the cat balls, they go to the morgue. And since the Ghost Hunters episode, that entire area has been majorly revamped. Oh, wow. It has cheesy lights everywhere. They cleared out that storage room and made a wall display of some of the jars that they had found. Oh, okay. They also have that locker from the Ghost Hunters episode still down there, but now they have a television set up next to it showing that part of the investigation. Oh, they really capitalized on that. Yeah. So, nothing too exciting happened down there, but... They did get Selena to go into, like, the meat locker part mm-hmm. and shut the door behind her. And mm-hmm. she was cracking me up while she was in there. She just, like, the moment the door shuts, she does that funny-ass laugh that she does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just cracking me up. Um, maybe something touched her, but maybe she just bruffed against out. the wall. I don't know, but it was it was pretty funny. I would have been freaking out in there. Nope, she was loving it. She was just hilarious. <laughs> um, so then they go back to their room. The, uh, they go back to where Sam and Colby are staying, which is Theodora's room. They pull out an ovilus. So I think it's the oculus that you said in that other episode. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a V and not a C. I probably said it wrong. <laughs> well, I... I Googled it because I was like, what the fuck is an Ovil? Because it had the words at the bottom of the screen. Right. You know. And so I Googled it and it is like uh, the machine that you described that okay. has words that come through it. So, so I didn't read it anywhere. I was hearing them say it. Yeah, so I so probably knows just. knows what they said? <laughs> yeah. They probably for saying ovulus and I was just like Oculus. Oculus. I love that thing. <laughs> I know. I love my Oculus but anyway they get it out okay so what they do with it is really interesting i really like the way that they did it so they get it out they hook it up to noise canceling headphones okay and then they have chris put the headphones on and blindfold her so then they like snap around her test her clap in front of her face make Mm -hmm. sure she can't hear them Mm-hmm. And then they start asking questions. And her job is to say everything that is coming through the headphones. Interesting. Yeah, I really liked the way they were doing it. Uh, they got some really weird answers Did to I some say of their abort stuff. abort like 800 times? No, no abort. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it started out... I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but it started out with something about girls. And so then that led them to questioning about Michael Mm -hmm. and everything was really like on track with Michael. And then at the very end, they ask to confirm that it is Michael they're talking to. And she says, I am here. Ooh. And that's when they make her take off the headphones and she's like, what's happening? What's going on? That was weird. And they're like, you just said I am here to us asking if Michael was the one talking to us. And she's like, you know, spazzed a little bit. Uh, That was pretty much the end of the video. I don't know how much of the info in the video, I believe, because they did like try to talk about the history a little bit and Mm -hmm. stuff. I... Not all of it sounded familiar to me from my research, so I don't know if maybe they dove a little bit deeper. Maybe they found something else. But, uh, so I I wouldn't take all the information accurate, especially, you know, Morris. That was way wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the video was pretty good. I mean, they're a little obnoxious for me, but the rest of it was pretty, pretty good. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. So, the last thing I want to talk about is HauntedPlaces.org, our, Yay. our favorite place. The haunted rating was 81%. That surprises me. I think it's pretty fair. Considering how many people have probably been there Absolutely and rated there. it, yeah. I think that is a pretty strong rating. I mean, I think it's a strong rating, but I don't remember which one it was. We had one that was like 95 it was one of them that I don't think a lot of people actually go to, though. I can't remember which one it was, but I I remember you saying that and I was like, but do they actually go there or are they just basing it off of what they what hear? What everybody says, yeah. But this one, I feel like they really, like, probably Went go there, there and mm-hmm. had some experiences and stuff. But there were so many comments on that writing not all of them were stories though. Some of them were turds that were wanting to bring people down. Ugh. I hate it. Since I am already making this a little long, I'm only going to f- share a few of them. So we have one from Heather S. The area that is. She says. <laughs> <laughs> the area that is shown in this video was an apartment years ago. I think she's talking about a video of the basement area okay like where the body parts were right i had the pleasure of living in it two seasons in the late 80s wow my stepdad was a musician and played at the hotel in return they rented us the morgue my brother and i used to pull out our dressers used the pullouts for our dressers it was definitely two summers I will never forget. Can you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? There are no pullouts, though. But maybe they just took it out. Maybe they did, but if they had pullouts and a m- autopsy table that they supposedly have, mm-hmm. wouldn't you keep the pullouts over the autopsy table? Because they are more authentic. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh she says i spent many nights in the lobby sleeping on one of the sofas due to the moaning and growling sounds i would hear wow. and for some reason the ghost down there didn't approve of our tv being on it <laughs> constantly turned off living there shaped my future i went on to college and became a mortician i visited wow. the hotel years ago and took the ghost to her but was asked to give my green dot back within the first 20 minutes of the tour. I kept correcting the guide and telling him he was wrong. I lived there. I would know what I was talking about. LOL. I'm glad to see they have admitted the morgue existed. My guide said it had no morgue. Interesting. Very weird. Very Hmm. So, then we have one from R. Welch. They say, my wife and I stayed in 218, Michael's room, on our honeymoon in early November 2014. Wow. It was dumb luck we even got the room, and we had no idea of its history until we took the ghost tour that night. While on the tour, we saw an odd mist from an upper balcony and kept smelling cherry cigar smoke. Maybe it was cherry. I knew it was a fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, some things are misplaced in the room itself, and the shower temperature changed without warning. Uh, Someone flushed the toilet. All stuff I could explain away easily enough. Okay. Two things happened that were not easy to explain. The first happened immediately before and after the tour. There is a door leading out to the balcony outside of the room. It has to be locked from the inside. I took care of that myself right before the tour. During the tour itself, the guide decided to do some EVP and tried to contact, of course, Michael, while in the morgue nothing happened there but when we got back i'll be flummoxed if the door wasn't pushed open from the inside (laughs) see the picture taken right as we got in the room there was a picture and it was of a door open wow (laughs) um the second thing that happened later that night I passed out on the bed exhausted after our big night and woke up at one point to notice we'd left one of the curtains up. Desiring privacy, I got up to put the curtain down. As I walked towards it, there was a sensation like static electricity up to my mid-calves. Ooh. And it got stronger and... And it got stronger the closer I got. Ooh. Ignoring it, I put the curtain down. At that moment, one of the legs on my pajama pants raised and lowered on its own. Just like that. That's creepy. Unless the hotel staff installed some kind of high-tech wizardry to make your stay in Michael's room live up to its legend, I've got nothing. I mean, that is really creepy. (laughs) So the static electricity I can dismiss, but... Pant Your pant missing. leg is going up and down <laughs> by itself? Hell no. That would be very weird. So I have one more that I am sharing. It is by Spring S. I visited for the first time October 6, 2018 with two of my gal pals. I can't speak for them, but they both at points felt dread, tired, And sick while roaming the halls and floors. I seemed okay, though. It was all... But... Did have some points that interested me. (laughs) Alright. One was when I was searching for room 419. I had a thought come to me that I didn't need to find the room. It was just a door. A little odd, but if you know where 419 is, it is tucked oddly behind penthouse stairs and is kind of creepy. (laughs) I spoke to a butler who was a pizza delivery kid. This one was the oddest (laughs) and unexplainable event for me. My one friend was with me about 20 steps behind on the second floor there was a little staircase about the middle of the building, which I would call a butler's stairs, but don't really know. Well, I looked for towards the left over the top of those stairs, and when I panned back, there was a butler there. Ooh. I looked at his face, neatly groomed hair, and folded hands about waist high. He asked me... May I help you find something? (laughs) Which I said, no, I am just checking things out. All normal, right? Well, he was between my friend and I. After I responded, I turned and walked towards the front balcony. But out of the corner of my eye, I noticed he wasn't a butler. He was a kid in skinny jeans delivering pizzas. Okay. (laughs) That's a twist. Uh, I I didn't understand that at first. I didn't either. I saw two cardboard boxes. I thought it was odd why a pizza guy would ask me, and the tone didn't sound like hip slang, but I went on my way, and so did he. My friend says she only saw pizza guy. He never looked at her, and that he asked me, did you order a pizza? Which she thought was odd. (laughs) Then he said, I must be on the wrong floor and headed down the little stairs. He smelled, she smelled pizza. I never did. And that is not what he asked me. I never heard him say that he was on the wrong floor. To me, he was a helpful butler. But my mind caught glimpses of pizza kid. What the fuck? (laughs) Did I see and speak to an apparition using pizza guy? I don't know, but I would like to go back and see if I can again. I know what I saw and I heard and didn't smell. Pretty amazing place, which I do believe has its oddities. Yeah, that's a pretty weird one. I had not read that one. I didn't really read all of them, but that one was... That one was... That's interesting. That was very interesting. (laughs) So, that is the Crescent Hotel. I want to believe it's haunted. I do. But part of me has this feeling it was mostly fabricated so the current owners could make back all of their millions that they put into it. I tried to look up the obituaries and articles about the people they say haunt the place, but I couldn't find anything except for the three I mentioned. You would think if a guy died building the place, there'd be an article about it somewhere. Okay, so you know what? I know how we can solve this. Okay. We're gonna go there. I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down. Eureka Springs is very pretty. I think I've been there. Or I might have imagined it. I've never been there, but I want to go because I've seen lots of things on it, and I want to know. It is also supposedly, like, the whole town is haunted. Ooh. Yeah, they say, like, Everything is haunted there. Okay, well, I don't want to go. Okay. I'm down. Any other thoughts? Do you think Michael's real? Mmm, I don't know about any of those ones. I'm going to stick to the ones that are documented. Yeah. Um, the dancers, they had really famous people play them that suddenly just escaped my brain as soon as I started that sentence. you're not talking is it like dirty dancing no oh i don't know i've never seen dirty dancing i've seen bits and pieces of it but fred astaire and ginger rogers oh fred astaire how did that get out of my head but it is literally called vernon and irene castle that's adorable it looks adorable i would totally read it let's do it i wouldn't watch it yeah i wouldn't read it (laughs) i would watch it I am a little exhausted after your trip. I'm very exhausted (laughs) after my trip. (laughs) So, what do you guys think? Is it haunted? Have you stayed there? Have you gone on one of the ghost tours? What about your own experiences with the paranormal? Is your house haunted? Do you have a hellmouth under your living room? A (laughs) hellmouth? Were you possessed the night you went to prom? Don't stop at the paranormal. Send us your cryptid stories and your local urban legends you know of. You can do that by writing us at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. That's our email. And you can also submit them on our website and listen to episodes and see our sources and our photos at thisislegendpod.com. And please follow us and, uh, you know, do all that cool stuff on our social medias uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at This Is Legend Pod. So keep it spooky, classy, and sassy, but most of all, keep it legendary. Goodbye. <laughs>